Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. This is episode 92. Wow, inching closer to episode 100, which is going to be a special episode. I just have no idea why it's going to be special, but it is episode 100, which is pretty cool. Um, so thank you for coming back to this podcast. I really appreciate it. We drop a new episode every single Tuesday. Most of the time we have guests on like this week. Sometimes it's just solo episodes. So I appreciate you tuning in and listening to these really, uh, I think, important and, and meaningful conversations. But I'm joined today by um, someone I've known for a really long time. Um, but now uh, knowing them differently as an adult. So a little backstory on my guest. We grew up in the same town, which is Foster City, California, which is a, the closest big city would be like San Francisco, California. And we grew up playing sports together. We were never specifically on the same team, but we hung around the same people and all that good stuff. And then I left California at around age 11, moved to Texas, did all that stuff. Now I'm almost 30 years old. And about, I would say, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be two months because it was in January when I saw max at my cousin david cleaner's wedding who also grew up in foster city and i'm seeing all these people that i hadn't seen in 18 plus years and it was quite amazing and max and i instantly connected um we've been following each other on social i've been following his fitness journey he's been following my journey in uh, underwear and now other things that i'm currently doing <laughs> um but man welcome to the show uh max index dude what's up Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm probably gonna get made fun of for this, <clears throat> but you know, I, when people say what's up, my immediate response is automatically living the dream. <laughs> like I, I, uh, I just got, got kind of dinged for that, but super happy to be here, man. I can't, uh, I can't express the, uh, appreciation and just the cool opportunity to catch up and, and, you know, talk shop and, uh, absolutely right. That was a pretty cool moment when we got a chance to sync up at the wedding and it was Definitely a refreshing moment, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong here. It was weird. It was like not a lot of necessarily like small talk, I feel. I think we got kind of like we, we talked about some relatively deep stuff, you know, important talk about goals and, and whatnot and taking action. I thought it was pretty cool. Definitely made an impact. I remember having conversations about that specific conversation when I got home. Yeah, we we instantly got right into the beaten bumps, like right away. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, hey, man, I uh, hope you've been good. It's been 18 years. Like, what's your life story? And it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, and I'm all about having those conversations, hence why I asked you to uh, to be on my podcast. But I, I have, uh, I start this podcast off in a very specific way. It's kind of the theme of this okay. podcast. But before I get to that question, I have to circle back to what you just said, which is live in the dream. Now, mm. when you say that, has that become like, like a, a like a habitual response, or do you actually feel that way about your life? <clears throat> so I think I'm there. There's a few things. There's a there's a few answers to that question, right? Um, the first answer is it has become kind of a habitual type of thing, right? Hey, I'm living the dream. The second answer to that though is I've been trying to make it make an effort. Um, to be more grateful for what I have. We're all, I think it's, it's natural to be hungry and to want to level up in whatever it is, like in different aspects of life. Um, but I am incredibly grateful for what I have, honestly. So when I say, hey, I'm living the dream, it's also a reminder that I actually am. Um, and, and I genuinely mean that. The other day we, I was driving the car with my wife. Um, the baby was down, she was sleeping. So we had the monitor uh, with grandpa. And we were, <clears throat> I think we were probably going out to um, 
our night out our night out now is like going to Lucky's uh, <laughs> to go grocery shopping, which is eventful. But you know, I just looked at it, I was like, you know, I love our life. You know, it was probably a text message that I received from a friend of mine um, asking about something random. And I was just like, man, I'm super grateful for the family that we built, you know, referring to friends and things like that and our little girl. So it's habitual, yes, but it's also a reminder that I am living an amazing life that I'm incredibly grateful for. Wow. Amazing. Has another question before I get to my other question. Yes. Has it always been like that? Like, uh, or, or have there been some times where you, you felt, well, we always feel less grateful in certain moments, but have you always been a person who, who tries to bring gratitude in their life, even when things potentially are a little tricky or challenging? I, uh, I'd like to say yes, but I, I think the answer would probably be no. Um, just because I think uh, a lot of people who know me really well would probably understand like, very close to me like self-confidence, oddly enough, it's something that I've always battled with, but I think everyone gets insecure about things at times. Um, just always like a natural step, I guess, as human beings is, you know, comparing yourself to others is something that I've challenged. I've been, you know, um, I've gone through, I guess you could say. Um, so I don't think I've always been incredibly, um, grateful for everything. I think people like on the outside probably thought I was because I didn't really show it. Um, but internally, I probably haven't always been super grateful for everything. Um, but I'd say um, for the past, I don't even know, I've got over 30 years old now, shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think after some stuff happened with family, I probably, I was like, you know, like I, I need to make sure I am grateful for everything that I have. And yeah, and it, and it, it like I said, it's a constant reminder. It's not something that is like, the e- like an easy fix. Like I'm just a super positive guy every second of the day, but um, I force myself to make sure I realize what I am grateful for and what I have. Beautiful. Hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, amazing. I think we're we're gonna probably touch back on that theme throughout this uh, episode because I feel like that's an important nugget. But to my original question, which is really the underpinning theme of this podcast, is trying to create uh, some meaningful dialogue, some meaningful conversation, in hopes to create some genuine connection between me and my guests and the people listening, so they kind of have this sense that it resonates with them in their real life. And they go out and try to have these intense conversations that are quite rare um, nowadays. And so my question is at the root of that. And it's a question that gets asked all of the time, every day. And sometimes I have an issue not asking that question at the top of this podcast, because it's sometimes a way for me to just say, hey, and we do it in our everyday lives. And I think it's an important question to answer honestly, if we can, especially between two males, because that kind of dialogue and vulnerability doesn't happen as often as it could have. And mm-hmm. so I ask you, Max, right now at 7.39 p.m. my central time, it's a little different time for you in California, mm-hmm. but how are you doing? Like, for real, like, really, how are you doing? I knew that's where you were going to go with this. I absolutely <laughs> knew that that's where you're going to go with this. Um, uh, you know what? All in all, I'm actually, I'm, I'm doing well. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing well. I think, uh, you know, I got, I'm, like, I'm going to answer it on like a very literal state, like sense of like, like my day. So to me, you know what I mean? Like, I think I actually thought about this um, on my drive home. So to answer your question, I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. Um, but yesterday I leave work, right? And I had what I would envision as far as my work day, I'm a sales professional, um, a, a very productive day, right? Felt really good. Came home smiling. Today was less productive at work and I'm driving home and I'm literally thinking to myself, 
like I'm not as happy as I was yesterday leaving work, at least at that moment, right? And I I'm, I'm literally crack open an energy drink on my drive home. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why am I not as good as I was yesterday? Like, what's there's literally no difference other than a few aspects of like productivity, meaning like metrics in a sense that I, in my mind, didn't hit. Um, but yet the day's still great. I'm coming home early as I normally do. I get to see the same people, which is my wife and my daughter. Um, and I'm honestly, I was stoked to get on the podcast. So like, that's why I drank the energy drink. Cause I was like, dude, I'm not trying to be any kind of lethargic by any means. Um, so like I, I'm, I'm doing really well, but that again, gets back to the whole reminder of like, Hey, like it's, like I said, it's a constant work in progress. I'm just reminding yourself, but I'm, I'm doing really, really, really good. I'm happy to hear that. And it is, it is a constant thing. Like it's a constant state. Uh, and mental and mindset you can be in to be in this state of gratitude and optimism. But I, I think where, at least in, in the work and experience that I have, people get stuck in this part where when they start like taking care of their mental health or focusing on personal development or trying to add gratitude or optimism into their life, they feel like once they start on this path, they're at some point gonna get exonerated from the work. Like it's all, I'm gonna reach this this point and it's all going to be good all the time, no matter what, because I started working on this stuff. That's really the opposite uh, of what uh, happens. Like once we start doing this stuff, usually we get hit with more setbacks and obstacles and challenges. But since right. we've kind of put in this, this preload of work that we're mm -hmm. able to kind of see the light through the dark, we're able to be like, okay, I have this, I have this, even though I still want this, I still don't have this yet, but I'm, I'm, content with what I do have, but I can still strive for more. I think um, that's where people get like stuck in the gratitude uh, yep. place or in the self-love place is that you can still strive for more. You can always strive for more excellence, even though you are perfectly peaceful and yes. happy and fulfilled with what you were doing exactly in this moment. And I think that's I an important piece. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what you're touching on right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I, the way you described it was actually much more graceful than I, the way I was. I feel like, I, I don't know if I can always verbalize the way I am feeling as, as nice as you did there. But one thing I, I always compare, um, probably similar to you as far as like life to sports, number one, um, but also in just because that's what I'm doing now, it's like sales. Um, so people always like, there was the other day, um, one of the people that I work with, you know, if you close a, a deal of a certain size at work, you go, you hit the gong, right? And uh, this guy asked, he goes, Max, I'm just curious. He's like, how come you don't smile when you hit the gong? Or like, when I see you hit the gong, you turn around, how come you're not smiling? And I was like, dude, I smile all the time. Like, I'm, I'm like always smiling. He goes, yeah, but I didn't see you smile when you turned around. Like, I've, I've seen you hit a couple of times. You don't smile when you turn around. And I told him, I was like, you know why? And I was like, I always enjoy when I, I, again, reminder, right? Enjoy what I'm doing, which is kind of what you're talking about. Giving yourself the moment of gratitude, appreciating where you're at, right? But also always wanting more. So my mindset, literally, in I relate it to sales in this in this sense. As I'm walking up to the gong, right, or like getting in in the act of closing the deal, right, like the process over product in a sense, like I'm enjoying every moment of it, right. And as I walk up to this gong, I grab the mallet, and underneath my breath, right before I hit it, not out loud, just to myself, I say next, right. So meaning I'm enjoying the moment, but when I hit that gong, I'm now changing gears. Like, okay, now it's time for the next one. Mm -hmm. So like, and I told him that and he goes, wow, he goes, all right, well, fine. I get it. 
He goes, well played. So it's like, I'm still enjoying everything. I'm enjoying the process. I'm smiling and, you know, in the office and in the pit and all that good stuff, having a good time. But then when it comes time, I want to like transition. I'll give high fives. I'll enjoy it. But it is like when I hit the gong, it's like, all right, next. So I try and change gears immediately. So it's kind of like, again, trying to sit in that moment of gratitude and then changing gears again, because I do want to level up. I don't want to let myself go or like let myself fall on a goal that I'd set. That's absolutely in parallel with, uh, with sports. And that's why yeah. I think that you feel that way, right? When you look at yeah. athletes, right? The really the best in the world of what they do, they're just in love with the process, right? And when they get the outcome, they're like, yeah, I, I expected to do that. Like I expected to hit that bomb. I expected to throw that touchdown pass with 13 seconds left in the game. All I did was put the proactive work in day in, day out. And I loved that grind. I loved being in the trenches. But when I got to the outcome, I wasn't even focused on the outcome, but I got it there anyways. And now I'm like, okay, on to the next. What are we doing next? Doesn't mean exactly like what you're saying. It doesn't mean they're not celebrating the victories along the way. They absolutely are, especially those small ones, like those little yeah. minute victories that transform your life over the long haul, which you know, because of your fitness journey, you know, but that's it, right? It's, it's falling in love with the process, just like you said. And then once you reach the outcome, you weren't even focused on it. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go do that again and again and again and again. And that's yep. amazing. <clears throat> Speaking yep. of sports, um, what sports did you, uh, did you play growing up? Cause I don't remember. Okay. I know you played baseball cause we played against yeah. each other, but. Tried to play baseball. Was better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, baseball was definitely not my, not my, my, uh, my best sport there. I can tell a funny man. Oh man. I played cause all like you guys, all the friends played and my cousin Pierce played like that was probably why I did it more of a social aspect, which I'm sure a lot of kids can relate to. Um, but still loved it. Baseball was great. Uh, played baseball, basketball. Um, and then when it got more serious, I wrestled as well. Um, but then football and rugby became my main sports. Um, football and rugby, rugby was something I got to play. Uh, I got to, you know, travel a little bit for rugby and, and play on, on a represent like Northern California national tournament. And then, um, football played until junior college. Amazing. Yeah. Would you say that rugby was, was your, was your biggest love in sports? Or did you like football a little bit better? Well, I always say football is actually my first love. Like, of, I mean, I, I'm, I can, like, I'm like romanticizing the hell out of football. Like that, it's like on a pedestal. Um, I, I absolutely love everything about football, man. And I, I you know, I, uh, it's like, it's just, it's like you're going into a, like a warrior mindset, you know, like I, I was the, the player who would put, you know, you put the eye black on and I like smear it all over. Mm. Um Allowed that kind of, a, this sounds so funny and far-fetched, but it's like that animalistic, you know, you know what I mean? You just, it's, it's uh, definitely something that I am very passionate about. Love watching. Um, it, it was awesome. And then rugby was definitely my second favorite sport, but much later. Um, and I only, I started playing rugby in, uh, I think my junior, no, my senior year in high school. Hmm. Um, and then played for a, a team in San Mateo while they had it. And then played for like a couple like club teams over here, like a, for like men's leagues and things like that. Wow. Rugby is so intense, so intense. It's, you know what I love though about rugby? So football is one of those things where like, I, you know, on the field, I had a helmet on, I played, but I was like, the other team is just clearly, they're an enemy. Like from start to finish after the game, I don't want to talk to you. Like I'm, frankly, I'm like, I'm trying to ruin you, right? But rugby, it is intense. It's, it's physical. But after those games, that's what's such a cool thing about. It's like its own subculture, rugby is. So it's like, 
you play the game, there are fights in the game, people are throwing fists, you know, all this stuff. The whistle blows. And after the game, you literally hang out with the team who hosted you. You have beers, you drink, or you have, you have a couple of beers, you have pizza, whatever, you, you hang out and you're literally, it's like a family. It is the wow. coolest thing in the world. It is so cool. I haven't played in a couple of years now because I got into the whole, you know, men's physique stuff and had, the, had our little girl. But I do plan on once I'm done competing officially, which I might be now, who knows, but um, definitely want to go back and play. I got to do some, some work on the lateral movement, but we definitely want to go back and play some more rugby. That's amazing. That's the coolest. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard about a sport. Yeah. Post competition. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's, it's so I, I honestly, I, I'd be, so, I, I would be surprised if you like, you should try it out. I'm sure there's leagues. I don't know if you'd like to get into it, but like you'd probably do really well. It's super mm -hmm. fun. And most of the time, everyone's super welcoming because it is, it's like a family, you know, it's, it's like a, its own, own little culture. It's really cool. I, I just started doing um, about a month ago, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Nice. And some of that is like the exact same. Like I'm obviously a super novice beginner, don't know anything, but everyone's so inviting. Like we're learning how to tap people out and do arm bars and kimuras and guillotines and rear naked chokes. And everyone's just like super nice and chill about it. They're like, no, you should apply a little <laughs> bit more pressure to my neck so I can feel it. Like, oh, you can bend my, I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, but like you're in the trenches with these yeah. people basically fighting and rolling around, you know, from being a wrestler. And then like at the end of the session, at the end of the class, everyone's like, yeah, how you doing? Everything all right? Like, what's, you know, it's like such a community aspect, but I've, I've always like known that about martial arts, but I just mm -hmm. haven't had the time to like commit to it. And I've decided to, I want to do it now. And it's, it's been an amazing journey so far, um, trying to learn everything about it, but I it sounds very similar to what you're referring to in rugby that part. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like how, like, you know, you got, yeah, basically the same exact thing, right? You're, you're choking each other out, putting more pressure on each other's necks. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, right after it's like, hey, how you doing? You want to grab a drink? Like, it's like, a right. And then, yeah. And then post roll, it's like, you know, they're just talking about life and how you're doing. And then we're getting back into it. And it's like such community. There's so much respect for one another. Like everyone knows when you enter the, the class or the dojo, like every, it's so hard. So why not be accepting of anyone who's willing to try? And you're putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations and it's brilliant. Yeah, but go ahead. No, I think that's exactly it. I was, as I was hearing you talk about the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I'm, you know, relating that to obviously rugby, which is another really physical sport. Uh, football is similar, right? And I think, but like that, when you go into what you would call war, right? Fighting similar, right? And, and you know that it's incredibly, it's physically taxing and you see everybody, you know, giving it their all and going into battle, so to speak. I, I think the reason why there's so much respect within one another is because it's earned right away. Mm. Like you said, you're putting yourself in this uncomfortable situation. You're putting yourself out there. It's something that's, it's brand new. Not every, everybody can do it, but not everybody will do it, which is one of my favorite things to say. Um, yeah. You know? Um, and I, I, that's why I immediately, it's like a bond, you know, that, that, that is created right away. It's like, I, I think that's gotta have something to do with it. Absolutely. That's gotta have something to do with it. Yeah, I am um, relating this to football because I want to talk about the uh, 49ers a little bit. Oh, let's go. Love that. Because <laughs> I know that's that's your team. Um, yes, sir. But I, I had a, uh, <laughs> a right. former a former NFL player on the pod. His name was Patrick Vensky. He was the first okay. German-born NFL player. And wow. he got into like addiction and then he talks about his recovery journey and all that on the podcast. But he was talking about his sons that he has. Okay. He was saying that 
he knew the only way he could become an NFL player is if he became a killer, right? Mm -hmm. So he's thinking like, do I want to train my sons to basically be a killer, to be able to flip the switch like that and have that like dead on mentality to be a football player at the NFL level, you have to have that killer instinct. He's contemplating, do I really want my sons to do that? And then also talking about traumatic brain injuries and things of that nature, that's a different mm -hmm. subject, but just that like simple aspect of that killer mindset that you have to have to compete at the NFL level is yeah. what he was relating, like just specifically teaching his sons to, and he was an NFL player. Like, so I, I thought that was an interesting point that you made. I want to relate that in. Yeah. And that's, 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 God, that is interesting. And I, like, as you were asking that question, I was thinking, okay, well, I have a daughter, so obviously it's a little bit different. Um, but I was thinking, okay, like the killer instinct and, and like, what, what do I want to, you know, have my daughter, like, how do I want her to live her life and, and what characteristics do I want to make sure she carries forward? Um, and I think, you know, I don't know. I think it made me reflect on, I think the biggest thing is obviously I want her to have that kind of a killer instinct seems like it's negative almost, but like, I want her to have that hunger, that drive, you know, to, to know that, you know, no one can outwork her if she's willing to put in the work herself. Um, but also that, that no one's, that she's not better than anybody else. Mm. If that makes any sense. So it's like, I used to talk to one of my friends, AJ all the time um, about like what we, what kind of mark we want to leave um, in general. And I think one thing that I've always said, and I want her to do the same, which is the whole point, any interaction that I have with somebody, it's not, I, I hope that they leave the interaction thinking or seeing that I am a genuine person who actually cares about whether it be them or people in general. Um, and that's something I want, I, I think is important to, to, for, you know, for her to carry on. I want her to, of course, to have the, kill, the killer instinct, the drive, the, the know-how, the work ethic, um, but to also make sure she realizes that she's not better than anybody else. Um, but no one's better than her either. Um, and that, you know, that she should make sure that she gives uh, a genuine care for others. Beautiful. What a father you are. I'm, hey, 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 I'm only 10 months in. I'm just getting, I'm, I'm learning as I go, man. And I think if anyone deserves credit, it's my wife that she, I, I now I say this all the time. I'm like, hey, I could be a dad all day. Uh, I could not be a mom. Uh, moms are superheroes. It's incredible. Yeah, I, I don't Absolutely. deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to my mom. Shout out to your mom. Shout out to everyone's mom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Give it a mom plug. Give it a mom plug. But I want to, um, I want to roll into, uh, into fitness, into exercise, yeah, into bodybuilding, into mm -hmm. all of that. And you previously mentioned in this episode that sometimes your self-confidence is lacking. Uh, and sometimes you, you have that. Is that the reason why you started working out or fitness became a part of your life or are those two things not connected? You know, <clears throat> self-reflection is something that I'm, another thing that I'm constantly working on. So like answering that question to myself as I'm answering it to you, I would say yes. Uh, I think it definitely is because I wasn't always in the best shape. Um, I thought I was, I always played sports like we just discussed, right? Um, but I guess, you know, I definitely wasn't, I didn't look at the way I wanted to, you know, I didn't have, I didn't look to have the body that I imagined I should have. So that probably, I think that did have a, leave a mark on my self-confidence. So now it's kind of like, you know, constantly reminding myself like, Hey, like I can do it or, 
making adjustments constantly working towards that um, that goal, I guess. Uh, trying to think here on how I can build on that. The one thing I'll touch on as far as if, we're, if you want me to kind of tie into how I got into fitness was when I, when we were growing up, grew up with a, a bunch of guys, never really realized what I look, what I look like in a sense until I would say, let's go into maybe eighth, ninth grade, you know, uh, and then especially in PE and high school is when it really knocked me. So, you know, in PE and high school, you're getting ready to go swimming, right? Well, of course there's girls in the class. You want to impress them, all that good stuff. The guys are around. And what I realized was I didn't want to take my shirt off necessarily around the girls because I was ashamed of how I was looking. So my way of doing that was I was always, like I said, I always was smiling, having a good time. I tried to be the funny guy or like the rebel who would jump in the pool first. So everyone thought that I was doing it in a sense to be funny or, you know, whatever, be the first person. But in reality, it was like, hey, I'm going to just throw my stuff off as fast as I can and get in the water. And then I'm, I'm under the water. I'm good. No one's going to see what I look like from the waist up. Um, and I, that's honestly where it kind of, it started. Um, and, you know, there's a, a transformation picture that I found, I believe it or not, David Cleaner, your cousin of all people, uh, sent it to me when I first got into fitness. And I never, I don't remember that photo until he sends me, he sent it to me probably four, three or four years ago, probably now. Um, and I was like, Oh dude, I didn't even realize that that's what I look like. Um, and that's really how it got started was me just wanting to, you know, kind of be a superhero in a sense, you know, like carry myself like that and look like that. Um, and be confident in my own skin and, you know, not have to think about putting clothes on. Sounds weird as a male, but like, that's kind of the thought process that I went through um, and started doing things myself, like looking at things on forums and bodybuilding.com and, and all that stuff, you know, for quite some time. And I would do it for a couple, couple weeks and fall off, a couple weeks and fall off. Um, and then one of my good friends, um, this was now, I was probably 19, 20 years old. I was this is when I finally decided to go to a transfer to a four-year, um, but I wasn't going to play football anymore. So for a while I was trying to go to a four-year and play, um, play football, but I made a decision. I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to school. And I got introduced to a friend of mine who was actually in my wedding. He's like a brother to me now. Um, and he was my first coach and helped me stay consistent. And that's where I honestly fell in love again with the process, the grind, you know, like getting in the gym and, doing things again that everybody can do, um, but not everybody does or not everybody will. Um, and that literally that statement alone is kind of something that I've always been really, really driven by. I was doing things that everybody can do, but not everybody will. Not everybody will. And then was it there that fitness became a working out the gym, whatever you want to call it? Is that when it became an everyday part of your life? I think it became an every everyday part of my life in maybe a little bit after high school because high school obviously like everyone you know you're still young we're training for football in the gym all that good stuff but I think it was probably in junior college when working out became an everyday thing um, and I just loved it you know like during football practice I loved the weight room always um, I did well in the weight room um, I did well with strength and, and things like that. Uh, and that's later when I made the decision, Hey, I'm going to go to school and just, you know, be a student basically. Um, 
it made me reflect on like what parts did I love because I had to find something to stay competitive. You know this as an athlete, right? You got to stay competitive, do stuff, get on some form of a stage to perform in some way, form or fashion. Um, and I realized that the gym is what I loved. You know, I love being in that, like whatever you want to call it, a dungeon or I'm not somebody who needed some big, you know, fancy gym with, and if you're that kind of person, it's fine. Like I don't need women walking around. You know, I love being in a dungeon with the loud music playing and people yelling um, and that kind of like a personal challenge. Um, so it be, again, it came everyday thing in junior college, fell in love with the process there. Uh, and then when I met this guy, his name's Nico, um, he was my first coach and he's like, do you want to do a show? Uh, meaning men's physique. And at the time before that, I literally used to make fun of people who did it because I thought it was like a pretty boy thing. Because look at that pretty boy. Me obviously coping with the fact that I was out of shape and wanted to look like they did, but I didn't want to say that. Um, and I was like, you know what? Got to find a way to stay competitive and a new challenge. And I did it. Uh, that was my first show and uh, came in dead last, but it was awesome. Um, super challenging. Um, but honestly, life-changing. Made some serious changes in my life uh, after that show. And I haven't really looked back in some ways. Some ways I'm still having a good time as far as like going out and having a few drinks. But it was, it was definitely a good moment. When did that show happen? When did that show happen? 2014, I believe, was my first show in 2014. Wow. And yeah. what was the, how long was the, the buildup for that? Like how long? Um, I think. Four or five months, probably, six months? Yeah, it was about, we'll call it 16 weeks. was probably the, the prep for that one. And like, you know, I, I went through a few phases, I guess you could say, of different bodies uh, or phases of body that I, that I've had. Right. It was like, when I got out of high school, I was pretty, whatever you want to call it round or, or, you know, chubby, not where I wanted to be in my own skin. I wasn't happy with it personally, which is all that matters. Um, which I've also, you know, realized. And, um, and then I got, when I was playing ball in junior college, got in a little bit better shape, uh, still wasn't where I wanted to be by any means. And then it was when I met Nico, we went on a, a prep with him for 16 weeks. And at that point was when I saw the body that I was envisioning, um, which is, you know, like having, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, a little bit more definition and abs and things like that. And um, yeah, that was and then 2014. And then after that, just kind of fell in love with it, dude. And then did a bunch of shows after that. Specifically, what did that first show teach you about yourself, if anything? Honestly, it just taught me that I could do it. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example because it's easier to kind of do a, like, I, it's hard to put myself into that one, that moment of like what it showed me. But there's there a conversation that later in life or a couple of years down the road that kind of made me reflect on it. So I also help people with their fitness journeys. And I had a conversation with a client at a time and this person was saying, hey, like, you know, I've never been able to achieve what they want to achieve like their their fitness goal their physique a level of that they wanted to achieve whatever it was they had never done it which is why there was such a huge roadblock from where they were to where they wanted to be and i reflected on that conversation talked to another one of my good friends and i was re i realized you know the, it's so crazy and this is how all a lot of successful people it's like the only difference between me who had been in this potential client's position, right? Who was in a place where I didn't want to be, I was unhappy with the way I looked. And then now worked to, to a point where I was where I was happy. The only difference between me and her was that I actually did it. Like I mm. saw it through. 
I put the work in that was necessary. And that's what it showed me was that if I am, if I have a goal, if I write it down, if I don't know what I want, it's very hard to achieve it because it's aimless, right? But if I, if I know what I genuinely want and I set it in stone, I put a deadline to it, I actually proved to myself that I can do it. With the work, with the relentless work that we've, you know, that you, I know you're, you know exactly what it takes to, to achieve goals. Um, I knew that I could do it. Um, and I just kind of did a few rinse and repeats of that. Um, and that's why fitness is such a, like a, a cornerstone in, in who I am in my life. Because if, if, I, if there are moments in which I feel like I'm out of control or whatever it may be, truthfully, it sounds so cheesy because I also am a huge fan of The Rock and he talks about how the gym is, you know, his, his thing. Um, but I know I can, I have control over it. You know, like I know that if there's something going on that I'm, I don't know about, I'm, I'm losing control. I don't feel like I'm achieving where I want to, whatever it may be, if it's financial, family, relationships, friends, whatever. I know that I kind of like try and get myself back centered uh, in the gym. I grab weights. I know I can improve in there. Um, and that will help immediately, you know, domino effect on the rest of the pillars that, that, that make up me or my life or relationships or whatever have you. Yeah, I feel the exact same way about fitness. When I first started working out every day, it changed my life dramatically. Um, it's probably the single greatest thing that I've ever started doing in my life by far. I started working out my sophomore year of high school. And by my junior and senior year of high school, I was working out every day before school at 5.30 in the morning. And it's never changed. That's incredible. Uh, it's never changed. It's now 2022. I started that journey in 2008 or seven or something yep. like that. And exactly what you're saying, like no matter what's going on in my life, if I can get to the gym for 30 minutes minimum, mm -hmm. My mm -hmm. whole outlook perspective on my day will absolutely change. And it's yeah. scheduled in. It's penciled in my calendar. Like, I know that I'm going to go to the gym every day, but it's still written in my calendar because I want to see it and visualize it and know, okay, I've made time for this. And it's really making time for myself, yep. for you know me to clear my head. So when I come home and I speak to my girlfriend or my family or my mom or I'm working with my clients and I'm in a good headspace, I have perspective. I can help them the best way I can because I've already helped myself the best way that I can. And so I talk a lot about mental health now, basically the most important thing in my life. And I always relate it back to physical fitness because the two things are one and the same, yeah. are one and the same. You're, we feel things in our body before they start to manifest anywhere else. And if we can be in tune with what's going on in our body, then we can kind of sort through the things that might be going on in our head that seem daunting and dark and challenging. But if we can yeah. just get moving a little bit and start to honor our body just with a 10 minute walk or a Zumba class or some Tai Chi or 10 minutes of yoga, it doesn't have to be clanging and banging in the weight room. If that's for you, awesome. I love it. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Right. But whatever right, right. it is for you, you have to find that. And so my next kind of point would be to ask you how um, your physical fitness has related to, to maybe your mental health or your mindset, whatever, whatever two you want to tackle. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, talking about, I guess we'll, we'll go into mental health things, which is, you know, we talk about personal growth and all that. Mental health is definitely something that I as well want to always constantly work on and, and grow. And um, for me, I, I say this to everybody. I'm like, dude, honestly, people, people don't get it unless they're in it. 
if that makes sense. So when you, they're like, oh my God, how do you work out every day at 5.30 in the morning? Like if people are asking you that, right? You probably get that quite a bit for those who are not in the same circle as you. And, you know, my answer when people ask me that question is like, it's like therapy to me. You know, obviously having great conversations like this is as well, but that is literally, it's like, it allows me to get, get endorphins going, uh, aggression out. Like we just talked about that, that form of knowing I did something for myself. Um, and I think you know, that's it, you know, um, how it, it's carried over besides that is just like mindset wise, other than knowing I did something for myself, it's also like when I'm on it in the gym, nutrition kind of carries into that as well. I don't know about you, but for me it does. And like, I'm trying to get back into it now with nutrition. I took a break, uh, and being regimented. And I think it's all comes down back to discipline. Um, because this, uh, you know, being disciplined to things I know that at times I don't want to, like the other day I had a burger, probably shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? It's easy to get down on myself, but when I'm on it and regimented and, and following a routine of eating things that I know are going to be better for my body and doing things that are better for my body. Like I said, it gets back to building that confidence level in myself that knows that I can uh, deny that instant gratification and, and work towards something that's a little bit more important to me uh, down the road. So again, it just, it, it always comes comes back to the self-confidence piece for me. Yeah, man, love it. That's great. Yeah, man. it's it. And like you said, another thing too is, I don't know if this might be a whole, like a sidetrack thing, but when it comes to just doing something for yourself too, like I, my wife's in the next room with the baby. She's probably getting ready to put her down. And it, you know, with her, she took a break from training, uh, obviously having the baby and, and making sure that we can kind of find a, a schedule for ourselves that work. And we built a gym in the garage, uh, which is great um, to have. But one thing that my wife and I realized is that, you know, it's one thing to work out at your, at your home, but there's always something on your mind when you're at home, mm. you know, you're, you're distracted, the baby's there, there's trash that needs to be taken out, like whatever it is, you're not mentally there. And Ashley has now been going to the gym, similar to you, right in the morning, uh, at four, she's going at 4am every day now. Oof, what a beast. And, She's, and then, and then she's on mom duty and she's killing it. Like, you know, and it's, but I think what's great is she feels better, you know, because, and I, and I, and I, I am happy for her because not only does it provide her an opportunity to take care of her body and feel good and exercise and get endorphins. It's also, like you said, you're doing something for yourself. You're getting away from, you know, um, you're getting away, I guess, for yourself. You're not stepping out of something you don't want to be in. You're just getting away for yourself and, uh, I think it's just like I said, I don't know. It's a cornerstone for our whole family. I think it's amazing. You're you're embodying that for your daughter. So when she, before she can even talk, she's going to realize that taking care of herself mentally and physically is important. Yeah, and that's that's uh, one of the most beautiful things you can do for a young person. So amazing. We're we're gonna try. We're gonna try. It's the best challenge I've ever gone up against. Right here is 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 being is being dad. So, but I'm absolutely loving every second of it. Yeah, I'm going to ask you, uh, my final question would be about, about fatherhood. So we'll okay. keep that for the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I would like to ask you, because you talked about being in sales. Obviously, yes. you're, you're a father. Um, you're a fitness coach as well. And mm. if someone listening to this podcast is thinking about getting started in their fitness journey, um, would you have any words of advice uh, for them right now? I think uh, it's going to come back to what we talked about early on, right? When it comes to finding small wins, uh, you know, it's, I, I think 
anyone who's starting out, number one needs to start. Um, you know, you don't want to go into paralysis by analysis, um, trying to figure out all these different things, right? You don't want to freeze up. So just act, you know, like you said, whether it's starting with a 10 minute walk every day, or if it's, um, as opposed to, you know, getting a cheeseburger every Tuesday night, like let's wipe that down, you know, maybe get something a little bit more on the healthy side, um, and give yourself grace. I think is also it because I think the biggest thing that happens is that people set a goal and they start out and the moment that something gets derailed, something throws off something in their calendar and they can't get to the gym and have a full hour, right? But maybe they get 30 minutes or something changes and they can't get that whole, that home cooked meal that they made. So they have to get something quickly, um, especially like parents and busy, busy professionals. I think it's giving yourself grace and as opposed to then getting super hard on yourself and ruining everything that you already worked, you know, for the two weeks that you started on, just get right back on track. Mm. There's going to be hiccups in the road, just like there is in life. Uh, best thing to do is just get right back on track. That's it. Um, so I guess biggest tip is provide yourself grace and just start. Amazing. Let me know if you think this is true. Also, I, I think it, it's true uh, in the majority of things that we pursue. And I think mm. it, it's really uh, holds true in, in a fitness journey. We really overestimate what we can do in one year, and we totally underestimate what we can do in three to five years. I, I think that's absolutely valid. And I also think it's, it's, it's instant gratification too, right? That's why we do that. You know, you see what you want to achieve and you're like, okay, well, I know that if I just kick butt, right, balls to the wall for the next 365 days, I'm going to be where I want to be. And as opposed to focusing on the small wins, right? Process over product, falling in love with, you know, the day-by-day -day grind, so on and so forth. Um, I completely agree with that statement. I completely agree with that statement. And I, and I think I, at times, right, just like we talked about, it's, it's a constant reminder, whether it be for self-confidence, whether it be for being grat having gratitude, it's a constant reminder of like, hey, look, it's okay if, if that deal doesn't come in. It's okay if I don't get to that certain weight that I want by the end of this year, whatever. I know that this is part of a bigger picture because my end goal is X, Y, and Z. Right. So I know, know that I'm moving forward. Right. I, I think that's, that's key to remember. Yeah. The balancing act. Exactly. It's like knowing that, that top layer, which is like that wildly important goal. And then being able to see yourself there in three to five years. So knowing that's a far off journey but I can do it in three to five years. So I'm giving myself an ample amount of time to reach this wildly important goal, but I'm breaking it down year by year, month by month, day by day. Um, so there's small cracks at it. There's incremental changes. There's incremental process along the way. So if I have mm -hmm. to lose 150 pounds, me losing yep. one pound a week or one pound every two yes. weeks, or sometimes one pound every three weeks, depending on where you're at and what your food is like, your nutrition, how your body is changing, and what happens, you can still feel those incremental changes. And then you take some progress picks because those are really important because I look at myself in the mirror every day and I'm like, nothing's changing, I'm small. And then you know, I go to my buddy, <laughs> my cousins who I haven't seen in, in six months and like, oh man, you look great. And I'm like, thank you. That's like really nice of you. I, you know, so you wanna get other people's feedback on that, but it's really a personal journey. And so if we have that three to five year goal and we break it down into reasonable, manageable small incremental goals it's much easier to track our progress and really celebrate ourselves along the way for reaching those goals and actually committing to something that's 
completely and utterly beneficial for our entire life. And it's really hard, yep. but the hardest things I think are I, usually give me the most beneficial. Yep. And I, I have to on this. So I want to see if I can get this thought out. Like I said, sometimes I don't verbalize everything as gracefully as you have so far, but um, it's when you think about it, right? Like, you, I know this is, this is, this is me thinking to the side here. I, I work with other people in sales because I've also, I've, uh, I was in leadership for a while at my former company. And let's say someone closes a deal. It's the same thing in fitness, same thing in any type of goal. And again, when I'm saying this out loud, I'm literally not saying I've coached people on this. I'm also talking to myself here. Constant reminders. But people will, let's say you close a deal, right, for $1,000. Uh, and they come back and they're like, oh, they're like, everyone's saying, good job. That's amazing. Congratulations. Like, yeah, but it was only $1,000. Right, because the goal, their quota, whatever, is a hundred thousand, say, and people are almost downplaying that achievement. Right, they downplay the achievement. Oh, your goal is to lose hundred pounds, ten pounds, whatever, maybe. But maybe after the first three weeks, they're only down one. Right. Well, I've only lost one pound. People literally downplay the achievement, not realizing that that less that one pound down only means there's nine left out of ten. They could have gained two pounds, but they mm. didn't. You know what I mean? So I kind of, one thing that I'll say to people is like, Hey, you got to wear that win. You got to wear that win, right? Accountability. Like when I was, when I was at a former company, um, I would, I had a, I would have team meetings anytime I got a new rep on my team and I have very candid, I swore a lot at sales. So like stereotype, but I would just say, Hey, look, I can either filter myself or I can be honest with you guys. Like, what do you want me to do? I swear a lot. I can definitely tone it down because I don't want to spend, you know, I don't want to, you know, make anyone feel uncomfortable once they gave me the, okay. I start, you know, being myself. And I said, look, accountability is huge. If you drop the ball on a call, you drop the ball on a deal, whatever, like own the fuck up. Like you lost the deal. Like you, you know what I mean? You did something that you could have done. You did something wrong, but you'll learn from it. And you could do it better, but don't blame it on somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same side, I said, most of the time people will do that. What they won't do again, this is huge for me and my wife. If she's hearing me now, she's literally nodding her head. Yes. Did you have accountability goes on the, on the win as well? Cause I'm sure you've known so many people that will have an achievement of some kind and they downplay it. Oh, I got lucky. Yeah. It was an easy win. It's like, <laughs> you, you could have totally botched it. Where the win, you're accountable for that too. You know? Mm. And I think people forget that when they have that three to five year goal and then all of a sudden they lose one pound when they're expecting three, it's like, you're still one pound down. Wear it, understand you won. Now we'll work on the next two. So that's just a thought I had to share. I'm in love with that. I'm in love with the, that's amazing. Yeah, because we do, there's a lot of preaching of, of accountability, especially in social media, you yeah. know, about when people do things wrong or they say the wrong thing or whatever. And I think that's super important to hold yourself accountable and to try and do better the next time. But you're so right. Like, what if we do something great? What if we do accomplish our goals? What if we do reach that milestone? What if we do get that A on a paper or what if we, whatever it is, right? Why can't we then yeah. hold ourselves accountable and wear that win too? That's fucking beautiful. I'm going to steal that by the way. Yeah, no, do it. But yeah. And I love like, cause you know, you joke around you're like, if someone like, you know, loses or like, you know, if you're at bat in a baseball game or something, right. And you strike out, it's like, well, I got to wear it. It's a good pitch, whatever. Like, you know, like that's kind of where I took it, but I would, I would tell like, wear the win. You got to wear the win. You know, you um you mentioned something like before we started recording about yeah. like a an idea you have yes um it was called um unconditional optimism yes 
And I do think you should do that. You should make a brand and you should start a website and you should sell merchandise. That sounds amazing. I can help you with all that if you need. But Absolutely. one of your shirts for this brand, which is going to be amazing, called Unconditional Optimism, should be Wear the Win. That's an exclusive collection from Unconditional Optimism. That's actually such a good idea. Like, I'm so juiced. I'm so, so jazzed from that. I'm going to do it. That would be so, and that'd be a cool thing. Like, I'll figure out a fun way to, like, print it on the shirt. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, dude. I agree. That's so, that's, first of all, I'm like the biggest, uh, optimism is my jam. So <laughs> I'm super yeah. into that. And then I think yeah. where the wind is a beautiful statement. And that looks amazing on a shirt. I'm your first buyer. So sign me up. All right. There you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll trade merch. We'll trade merch. I got to get that blue hoodie first. I got to get the blue hoodie first. That's a great idea. And when, and then all that stuff happens, we'll bring you back on the pod and we'll, we'll just promote the shit out of it. All right. Fair enough. Shameless plugs. Shameless plugs. Always. Always. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. That's great though. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, was there, um, what was the thought process behind unconditional, um, optimism? Uh, it actually started at work too. So, um, in sales. So I got into leadership over, I was at Yelp and led, led some sales teams over there for a while. And, uh, um, Unconditional optimism is just one of those things. Like it, it came from a bunch of different experiences that I that I went through. You know, whether it be somebody saying like congratulating somebody for closing a deal, like yeah, I got lucky. It's like you didn't get lucky. You know, you you, you could have done something wrong and you didn't. You did it right. You know, you you got to wear the win. Or, um, you know, someone asked me, it's like, well, what if what if it's a situation that you kind of have to be real? Like you can't can't be happy all the time. This was a friend of mine who challenged this unconditional optimism idea, and my response to him was like. Look, I'm not trying to be fake. This isn't a, an idea of being fake. There are situations like in life which you know are not a positive thing. But I guess it's it's how do you respond, right? There's that saying of like what it's not any it, it, life is how you respond to situations or whatever it is or how you are who you are. Um, and that to me is what unconditional optimism is. How do you respond to adversity? How do you help a friend of yours out, out of a really really dark place? How do you get yourself out of a dark place? Um, how, you know, and it could be, you know, um, for example, I, I don't want to, you know, bring up certain things, but it's like, you know, when you, for example, maybe if you lose a loved one, I lost my mom. I know that you obviously went through, you know, you lost, you know, your sister as well. And how do you, that's a dark place to be, right? And how do you not find silver lining, but just how do you create a positive situation, whether it be for yourself or others? um create a different mindset some kind of a shift um because i think the alternative is not an option like what is the alternative you know you don't want to be negative all day whether it be at work fitness relationships it's a very easy hole to fall into especially when you're in a dark place it's easy to, to i think get down on yourself and easy to be um negative in those dark places so that's kind of where unconditional optimism came from um and i think that's something that was instilled in me honestly from now that I think about it, you know, kind of from my, partially from my mom, um, just talking through that, which is interesting, you know, isn't someone that, who's, isn't you know, that quite beautiful though. Yeah, no, it's kind of cool. I mean, obviously the, I, I, you know, it's something that I created from experiences, life experiences, but, um, I think uh, probably branched out from, from some of the stuff from my parents for sure. Amazing. I mean, cause you're, you're on the right track here with this optimism belief. So I, um, part of the work I do is I, I coach clients, not in, mm -hmm. not in a fitness way, but like life coaching, optimizing type coaching. 
And so we talk yeah. about two like two views in life, right? People think there's three. People think you can be a pessimist, an optimist, or a realist. I don't think that a realist exists. I think it's only pessimistic or optimistic because I believe that when you're actually optimistic, so I call it fundamental optimism, but we'll go with unconditional optimism, the Fair same enough. thing, is that when you're really optimistic, is that first, the first step you have to do is you have to be very honest about your current situation. You have to rub your current circumstances against reality. And then through the proper effort, work, attention, you then fundamentally believe that things will work out for the best, which is optimism. So there has to be this huge nugget of honesty and reality mixed into your optimism for it to be actual fundamental optimism, right? A lot of people have this naive optimism that, which is very, very dangerous, is that I'm in this bad situation, things aren't going well, I'm not gonna do anything different and things are still gonna work out for the yeah, best. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely yeah. not. That's so dangerous, but you have to have this fundamental optimism, which is really rubbing your current situation against reality, then ultimately and internally believing that things will work out for the best because I'm putting in this diligent, intentional, persistent work. There's where the optimism comes from. And then of course, you can be a pessimist as well, um, but you can actually train optimism and there's a way to grow that optimism in your life. And it, and it seems that you've done that. And so speaking from like a more concrete scientific lens, what you're saying is absolutely spot on and, and brilliant. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that is incredible. And that that's literally the question I think that my friend had when challenging the idea, right? It's, it's like, he's, he was referring to that naive optimism. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I would, before you even started talking, that's exactly what I envisioned. Somebody who is in a hole and imagines themselves outside of the hole, but doesn't put their foot in the ground, doesn't take a step up out of the hole, doesn't do anything, just sits there and says, I'll, I'll be out, I'll get out, but is on his ass or on their butt, just kicking it. Um, that's awesome. That's a great way to visualize it. I completely agree with you. Yeah, perfect. So with all that being said, you absolutely have to, uh, have to start this brain because I'm all in on it. Yeah, no, I'll do it. Like, yeah, the more people that I, I the more I speak about it, which I've been talking about it much more uh, the past literally two weeks uh, than I think I ever have. So, um, like I said, I'll probably start with some bands, start small, and and wear that win when it ha when I get it done, and then get the next the next thing on next checkpoint on the on the track, so to speak. Beautiful. Well, you have my support. So let's um, let's talk about another subject that I mentioned earlier that we'll talk about that's near and dear to your heart, Max. Okay, here we go. The, the 49ers, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I know that. Oh, man. Yes. So that was a hell of a first, game we were watching. First, yeah, we did. Oh, that was That's actually hilarious. We I was in California for David Cleaner's wedding, which I'm almost 100% positive he'll listen to this episode. Um, okay. And be right before his, uh, before the wedding, before the ceremony, Cowboys and the Niners were on and yeah. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm not God. really a Niners fan. If like I was in a dark alley and someone was like, Hey, what's your favorite NFL team? Or I'm going to take all of your money. I would say the 49ers. Um, so if that was, that was the pick I'd make it. So I really didn't care who win the 49ers ended up winning, which is awesome. So my first yeah. question about the 49ers is what'd you think of their season overall? The, the season overall. Yeah. Um, Hey man, honestly, I look. I'm I'm not disappointed. I'm only, I'm disappointed we didn't win the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna make a lot of people mad when I say this. I'm the type of guy that, of course, if we are 
like we were a couple years back, like the crappiest team, you know, uh, then I'm not going to necessarily say that the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not going to give that complete um, naive optimism response, right? Um, but it, I, I think we had a chance, you know? I think we had a chance. Slightly disappointing. Um, I think there were, you know, some plays. I can't remember all of them now. Um, but there are definitely, you know, things that if we had a back, we probably could have made some plays a little bit better. Um, but overall, I mean, I was happy with it, but we didn't win the Super Bowl, so not completely fulfilled, man. I got a little hole, got a little hole. So I th- hopefully this next season, you know, maybe Trey can uh, be the, you know, a rookie who steps in and, and crushes it. Yeah, that's that's my next question. So Trey Lance, probably yeah. going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers next year. Mm-hmm. He uh, attended North Dakota State University. Yep. I am a graduate of South Dakota State University. Mm-hmm. So I – no, I think that's amazing. Um, okay, okay. I'm okay, super okay. pumped that two guys from North Dakota State are now currently in the NFL because it's really challenging from the FCS division right. to, get, to get recruited and be seen as a, as a legit – high draft pick in that um uh from the fcs but also in that same idea competition isn't as good as it is in the fbs like if you're playing sec teams so that's where i get a little hesitant about it you can see that a little bit with carson wentz at his past Mm -hmm. few years in the nfl um but what are you thinking about trey lance taking over the uh taking over the 49ers you know, I mean, I'm honest, I'm super excited about him in general. Um, I thought like last year when people were saying, hey, he should have came in. I thought they were absolutely like freaking out to lunch, like no shot. He should have came in. He's super green. He's brand new. Like right. he's just turned 21. Like for God's sakes, people thought he was going to be an all-star off the bat. Like, no, no, it's the NFL, you know, like again, naive optimism. Um, you know, like I said, I'm super stoked to have him. I think uh, obviously I think he still has a lot to, to learn, a lot of playing time to get under his belt a lot more experiencing to do um but I'm, I'm excited for the future am i expecting him to come out and just be like rock solid throw zero picks and lead us to like you know uh, an undefeated season absolutely not um but i am hoping that he leads us to you know leads us to the playoffs he's got a lot of you know a great supporting cast and um i think that's what they're hoping for too mm-hmm. yeah i'm fired up for the trey lance era i hope he does amazing yeah, and I agree. I hope it's uh, I hope he I think he's a great steward for the you know the Bay Area and the Niners and all of that that they're trying to do. So hope it goes yes. great. Yep. And it's like Trey Area, right? Like it's got a ring to it. Like yeah. cool. branding good stuff always there. good. Always good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'm stoked, man. Always a Niner fan. I can't wait. Without football season, I'm just slightly empty i mean i don't even you know it's like some days i have you know it's family time but god i I just miss football like i said football is the first love always so i understand i uh i thought there wasn't going to be a baseball season for like the past three weeks so i am fired up for the season there's hella trades going on and off-season signings and all these deals spring training is getting rolling i'm juiced ready to go yep no um you know and i like i'm a giant fan Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs. Like, you know, obviously like I, I know for a fact, I'm sure you do for sure. Um, but I, I am definitely excited to go to the ballpark, enjoy that. And, and I mean, what it's now like Oracle, I think it is Oracle stadium or something. I mean, it's changed so many times since we were kids, Yeah. but I mean, that place is literally, I'm not, like I said, I'm a baseball fan. I'm a giants fan. 
that place is like another home. It's always been homey. <sighs> it's got a great feel to it. You know, you mm. go there, you feel comfortable. Um, I used to walk by there literally like every day because I would, I would park my car. I would train clients at like this small little studio in Mission Bay in San Francisco, which is like right across that little bridge of McCovey Cove area. Mm-hmm. Uh, park my car there, train clients, and I walk right past the stadium every day to, to the office um, when I worked in San Francisco. But it was great. I'm excited to go back. Yeah, I some of my most fondest memories are going to games there with my dad when Barry Bonds was still playing left field. And yeah. we would sit in the left field bleachers just right there. and. It's just like a magical, beautiful experience there with my dad, Barry Bonds, these great Giants fans, the beautiful ballpark. Yeah. Yes. Fucking yeah. beautiful. Big Coca-Cola bottle in the back. Yeah. You know, the mitt. Like, it's just, it's yeah. all so good. Yeah. And watching Barry Bonds swing a bat, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, it's literally the one of the, it is magical, dude. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It is unreal. There, I am not, I'm not the biggest baseball guy. I'm not. But I have still occasionally, and I swear to you this is true, maybe like once in a blue moon i'll still turn on youtube when i can't sleep what and i'll literally type in barry bonds home runs and it'll play some good music in the background and it just shows you know like him knocking that ball in the mccovey cove like it's awesome good memories yeah yeah all right max i have one one final question for you i'm ready for it and then you can let people know where they can find you if they want to get some more information on you but Fair enough. how has fatherhood changed your life? Man. Um, wow. How has fatherhood changed my life? Number one. Okay. I think, I think it started changing my life before she even got here. Um, meaning yeah, I literally just number one, on a surface level thing, I was like, okay, I always wanted to be successful, but now I have a whole nother level of like, of a driver. Like I want to make sure she can have like, you know, a filling life. I want to be a provider, a protector. You know, I actually just got a tattoo added to my arm. It's literally Hunter provider protector. It's like a, a piece of my, a, it's just what I wanted to be for her. Um, so that's number one, right? I just wanted to make sure I can like a whole nother driver, like whether, whether it be like on a success level, financial level, so I can be there for her um physically be there with her um i think another thing is just making sure that i'm i i embody the characteristics that i want her to carry through as a person right so that be reminding myself of gratitude like i talked about um it's so much it's easy to say to her hey you got to be grateful you know be happy for what you got me and my wife wrote down these little like um what do you want to what do you what do you call it like a mantra you know, like a little mantra thing. Like you wrote this down before she even got here. And it's like, you know, um, no one's better than me. I'm better than, I'm not, I'm no better than anyone else. Um, you know, things like I, I love my family, like all these different things. Um, but it's easy to tell her, hey, you got to be grateful for your family. Hey, you got to be grateful for what you have. And, um, but if I don't believe those things, you know, if I'm not carrying those things out my, myself, it's, it's, it's just doesn't seem as meaningful. Um, so making sure I'm, I'm overall a good person and, and living, you know, driving towards goals that I set for myself uh, and me and my wife, you know, when we set goals as a, as a couple, as a family, making sure I do whatever it takes to get to those things, because then I can tell her, I can tell Brooklyn um, when she gets older, like, hey, you, like, you have to do whatever it takes. And, and I can say that with so much confidence because I've actually lived it. I've done it. This isn't me just 
you know, blowing smoke, so to speak. Um, and I've always been a softie. So I was going to say having a daughter made me soft, but um, I like to consider myself a tough person, but dude, I, I am, uh, I mean, you know, I guess she's maybe even, even softer, but I'm thoroughly in love with her. And uh, um, I think overall, just like I said, just being a, a really good person, a good role model, a superhero, which is why I did my last show. Um, I waited once we found out we were pregnant. Thank God for my wife. Cause she was going through, we had a, we, she was here and she still stuck with me while I was on prep, which is a very selfish thing. Anyone who's gone through prep knows it's a selfish thing. Um, but the reason why I wanted to do it is because I wanted to, I wanted to do it for Brooklyn in a sense. I know it sounds weird, but I wanted to be the superhero for her. Um, and I hope to kind of live up to that status for the rest of her life. Mm. Wow. Again, not saying, you know, again, there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be days I need to remind myself of gratitude. There's going to be days that I eat a cheeseburger when I know I probably shouldn't. Um, but that's what I'm going to strive for. Beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, holding yourself to a high standard while 100%. also showing yourself warmth and compassion along the way and teaching your daughter those exact same ideas. Yep. And, and the reminding piece, again, like I said, for myself is huge. So I'll make sure that, again, that comes that comes into that play with that providing yourself grace, right? Like, you know, you still move forward on those, on those goals. But if you take a quick step back, doesn't mean you're, you know, just, just get right back on the horse, dude. As cheesy as it sounds, super cliche, but we both know that that's what it takes. Yeah. Amazing. I love this conversation, Max. Thank you so much. No, I honestly. Thank you. This was super cool. Um, you and I got to make sure we connect. I know people, I don't even know if you want me to say this, but we've been communicating through Instagram messaging. I don't even, I don't even know if I have your cell phone or probably, maybe I do. But, well, um, you, here's the funny sure story. This would happen. So I got your, I got your phone number at the tail end of the wedding party in January. Which means, uh, okay. But I didn't put your last name in it. And I have like three other Maxes without a last name in the phone. Got it. And then I got super worried about that. I wasn't going to be able to reach out to you because I really wanted to have you on the podcast. And I told you I would, and I'm a person who's going to stick to what they say. And so then I just was like, shit, I'll just <laughs> him on Instagram. Um, yeah. That is so funny. Man, once message on Instagram, hey, quick question. What's your number again? That's so far. I love it. Yeah. Um, that is hilarious. So I'll, sh you know what, here, well, I'm not going to do it here. I'll, I'll give it to you on on Instagram. Um, but God, that's so funny. So we'll connect. But I think, I think the biggest thing from this is, like I said, leaving that wedding, I spoke about the conversation we had immediately after. Um, and I think that's like, like the whole reason you do this podcast, right. Is having conversations that people should, should listen to. People should have, have for themselves, right. In-depth conversations that aren't always like, Hey, how's the weather? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Surface level stuff that doesn't really mean much. Um, and I, I think we hit it off right away. Um, and it's cool that you felt the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, I, I think, I hope that we, we continue to nurture this relationship as well, because I think it's beneficial for sure. Yeah, I definitely think we should, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I appreciate Amazing. it. Thank you so much for having me, man. Where can I? Where can uh, people find you if they want to, I don't know, ask you questions about fitness coaching or they want to just follow yeah. you on anywhere? Where are you most active? 
Uh, you know what? Should probably get more on it, onto this. I always do. I go in phases of social media, um, but Instagram is probably the best way to do it. Um, life to the, the max, huh, oddly enough, is uh, is is my Instagram underscore life and the number two uh, and a couple of that i'm fine um and that's pretty much it you know I, I, don't, I don't i mean i have a facebook which is just my name but that's it now um definitely want to start you know keep an eye out for unconditional optimism on the horizon for those of you who care but that's that's pretty much it man amazing well thank you so thank much you. yeah man i i really appreciate it aaron thank you so much for having me man great catching up too and uh I know you're firing questions my way, but, you know, I'd love to get on this and have another open discussion and just fire questions back and forth. I, re I really appreciate the opportunity and we'll definitely stay in very close touch. Yeah. Off camera, on camera, anytime, man. Anytime. Yes. So I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everyone for watching. Um, check out Max and come back every Tuesday for a brand new episode of Jackson Talks, everybody. Um, share this with a friend, someone maybe you haven't connected with in a while that you're feeling like you want to reconnect with that you love. Share this with them. And yeah, subscribe us on YouTube. Wait and follow Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff. But much love to you wherever and whenever you're listening to this. I appreciate you and uh, talk to you soon.